0: Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Well, before we get into today's story, I just want to say thank you to everyone who supported the podcast by buying a book. It's really helpful. Obviously, I don't have advertising and I don't take donations. So the only way I make money through this is through you, the listeners, buying my books. So I really appreciate that. In particular, I've had some great news this week. The audiobook of The Adventures of Nanny Piggins is going so well with the sales that they're talking about making an audiobook. Of the second book in the series, uh, Nanny Piggins and the Wicked Plan. And it would be so cool if I got to do that. So if you haven't got the audiobook already, you can download it anywhere you get audiobooks. Uh, it would be a really big help if we could just click those numbers up a little bit further and then I can go in and record the second book. Okay, that said, now let's get into this week's story, which is King Midas as told by Nanny Piggins. Here we go. ''Derek, come quickly!'' cried Nanny Piggins. ''There's an emergency!'' Derek leapt up from his desk and ran to the corridor. "'What is it?' he asked. When Nanny Piggins is your nanny, her idea of an emergency could be very serious indeed. It could be that a fully-grown African elephant has just walked through the front wall of your house, causing irreparable structural damage that could lead to the second story of the building collapsing at any moment. Or that the ringmaster from the circus is short-staffed and at this moment is climbing through the upstairs bathroom window looking for people to kidnap and train to be a trapeze artist.' Or that the police are converging on the house because Nanny Piggins' behaviour at the sweet shop on 10% off day was so disgraceful she's going to be arrested for causing a one-woman, or rather one-pig, riot. But on this occasion, none of these things had happened. I've got a tea cake in the oven and it's only 15 minutes until it will be ready, cried Nanny Piggins. You must come now. If you're not there the moment it comes out of the oven, Samantha, Michael and I may not be able to resist eating it without you. And if Boris emerges from his shed, you've got no chance. I'm sorry, said Derek. I can't come. I've got too much homework. I've got an essay on Greek mythology to write by tomorrow morning. I've got to keep working on it. ''Greek mythology!'' exclaimed Nanny Piggins. ''Greek mythology? Your teachers want you to learn about Greek mythology when you could be eating cake?'' ''Yes,'' said Derek. His teachers expected him to learn about a great many things when he could be eating cake. ''This is pretty much what teachers are trained to do, deprive children of cake while forcing information into their heads.'' It's more complicated process than you might imagine, which is why teachers have to go to university for so many years to study to learn how to do it. Well, which bit of Greek mythology, demanded Nanny Piggins. The story of King Midas, said Derek. Oh, I know that one, said Nanny Piggins. Come downstairs. I'll tell you the whole story while we watch the cake bake. OK, said Derek. Hearing a story from Nanny Piggins was a much better way to learn about it. Her details did not always, in fact, very rarely, match with the versions written down in books, but they were much easier to remember because her versions were always spectacular. Besides, Derek could smell the tea cake now, and it did smell really good. He followed his nanny down to the kitchen. Samantha and Michael were already there, sitting on the kitchen floor in front of the oven. They often did this when Nanny Piggins was baking, The only cleaning Nanny Piggins insisted on doing meticulously was the cleaning of the oven door, because she loved watching cakes bake. To her mind, watching a cake transform from a wet, glutinous liquid into a light, fluffy, delicious dessert was magical. And no matter how many thousands of times she observed the process, it still made her ooh and ah in delight – Then weep soft tears of joy throughout the heartbreakingly beautiful finale, the eating of the cake. Then weep more tears, this time of sadness, at the ultimate conclusion, when the cake was gone. Look at it, said Nanny Piggins. Isn't she beautiful? Derek looked in through the oven door. All he could see was a cake tin with brown cake batter sitting at the bottom. He knew from experience not to say this out loud, so he said, gorgeous Nanny Piggins, just stunning. Nanny Piggins sighed with contentment. (sighs) Ah! She inhaled a deep breath. And it smells as good as it looks, said Nanny Piggins. If it tastes as good as it looks and smells, we're going to have a wonderful afternoon. You know, some nannies make their children go to art galleries and theatres to experience art. But you don't have to endure that. I create art right here in our very own stove. The children were used to Nanny Piggins' idea that cake was a high art form, so they didn't question this statement. In fact, you are much luckier, said Nanny Piggins, because so many of the greatest paintings are in Italy and France, and the Great Theatre is in New York and London, whereas the greatest cake in the world is right here in your kitchen. "'I thought you said that Hans the baker made the greatest cake in the world,' said Michael. "'That's just what I say to his face to encourage him,' said Nanny Piggins. "'The greatest cake in the world is always the one that is closest to you at that moment, and that tea cake is only 50 centimetres from my snout, so it is a very fine cake indeed.' "'Nanny Piggins,' said Derek, "'you said if I came downstairs with you that you'd tell me the story of King Midas.' "'I did?' said Nanny Piggins.' Oh, yes, I did. I always make such rash promises when the scent of cake is in the air, she sighed. I suppose I'm going to have to be a responsible adult and carry through on my promise. That is what responsible adults are supposed to do, agreed Samantha. Being a responsible adult is just awful, complained Nanny Piggins. When I was at the circus, no one ever expected it of you. We were all irresponsible adults. It was a job requirement. Reckless, self-involved behaviour was a career necessity. But you weren't happy at the circus, Michael reminded her. You ran away. True, agreed Nanny Piggins. The ringmaster was shockingly remiss when it came to restocking the chocolate biscuits in the break room. I couldn't stand it any more. Father never buys chocolate biscuits, Samantha observed, and you've never run away from here. Yes, failure to supply chocolate biscuits is perhaps your father's most serious character flaw, and there are quite a few to choose between, said Nanny Piggins. But he makes up for that by leaving his credit card in a place I can easily find it, like the wallet in his back pocket, so I can purchase my own. So anyway, back to my homework. What is the story of King Midas, prompted Derek. Oh, well, King Midas was actually a bit like your father, said Nanny Piggins. He was a dreadful man. Totally misguided sense of self-importance. But surely if he was a king, he was important, said Samantha. Oh no, not at all, said Nanny Piggins. Royalty never are as important as they like to believe. All they do is wear really expensive clothes, live in really fancy houses, and live really expensive lifestyles while bossing lots of people about. Anyone could do that. No, the really important people in life are ones who make great breakthroughs. Oh, like in medicine, asked Michael. Yes, like the first pig to discover that vitamin C boosted the immune system, and therefore it was a medical necessity to eat lots of lemon cake, said Nanny Piggins. Now that was a vital breakthrough by a very important person. I thought you said they were a pig, said Samantha. Oh, yes, all the most important people are pigs, agreed Nanny Piggins. So what did Midas do, asked Derek. Well, he was very rich, said Nanny Piggins. He lived in Turkey, although not Turkey the bird. He lived in Turkey the place, although it wasn't called Turkey back then, probably because they had the good sense not to name their homeland after a delicious bird. Anyway, he had a great Big palace and spent all his time bossing people around and beating people in wars, then stealing all their things, and then buying ridiculous, ostentatious things so he could rub everyone's noses in it. Just like Michelle Brampton, muttered Samantha. She won't shut up about a pencil case with a built-in stapler and pencil sharpener. Exactly, said Nanny Piggins. That was what Midas was like. He had to have the most beautiful rose garden in all of Turkey. Not because he liked looking at roses or smelling roses or dancing the tango with a rose between his teeth, but because he liked making other people come and look at his roses and realise how much nicer his garden was than theirs. Anyway, one day Midas was walking in his lovely rose garden, said Nanny Piggins. He was admiring how rich he was to afford such fancy flowers and a horde of gardeners to look after them. When he came across, someone collapsed face down in his rose bed, snoring. His first thought was, of course, that this was a disgusting oaf. Who else would think it was okay to fall asleep in the most beautiful rose garden in the whole world and ruin it by snoring in such a disgusting manner? But then Midas noticed this person's legs. Specifically, he noticed that they weren't a person's legs, they were the legs of a goat. So it was the top half of a person and the bottom half of a goat. Huh? said Michael. I know, said Nanny Piggins. There was a lot of this sort of thing in the ancient story times. Half bull people, half goat people. It sounds crazy, I know. But really, it's no sillier than fairy tales with their talking wolves or their running gingerbread men or their witches making homes out of candy. And we accept all those stories without a question. So, with these ancient Greek stories, when you get to a weird bit, it's best just to breeze straight by it without thinking about it too much, or you'll never get on with a story. Okay, said Michael. It was hurting his head to think about it, so he was very happy not to. So, a half goat person is called a satyr, and when he took a closer look, Midas recognized this old satyr, said Nanny Piggins. He was the tutor of Dionysus. Who was Dionysus? asked Michael. Basically, the god of partying, explained Nanny Piggins. Revelry, overeating, dancing, all the fun stuff, he was the god in charge of that. Now, obviously, it's a smart idea to be on the good side of a god, continued Nanny Piggins, particularly the god of partying. So Midas treated the half-goat oaf in his rose garden with the utmost respect and returned him safely to Dionysus' palace. Dionysus was so grateful – Really? asked Michael. He was grateful to get his teacher back? Yes, said Nanny Piggins. Think about it. If you had a teacher who thought it was a good idea to wander off and nap in the middle of the school day, would you love that teacher? Michael nodded. There you go. So to reward Midas, Dionysus said he would give Midas anything he wanted. Midas's eyes lit up with delight, a free wish from a god, someone with the power to give him absolutely anything he could think of. This was his dream come true. He knew instantly what he wanted. "'Give me the power to turn anything I touch into gold,' requested Midas. "'Really?' asked Dionysus. "'Are you sure about that?' "'Yes,' said Midas. "'A hundred percent certain,' asked Dionysus. ''Definitely,'' said Midas. ''Okay,'' said Dionysus. ''You asked for it.'' And kapow! Midas was given the power. Midas rushed home to try it out at once. The first thing he tried it on was a twig. Instantly, it was transformed into solid gold. ''Wonderful!'' Midas squealed with delight. He rushed out to his rose garden and touched a flower, and it transformed into a solid gold rose. He was ecstatic.'' Just then, Midas's daughter came out into the rose garden. "'Daughter, look at this!' cried Midas. "'I'm going to be so rich!' "'You're already rich,' said the daughter. "'You're the king. "'You've got more money than anyone. "'And when you want more, you just go to war and take more.' "'I know, but this is even better. "'Look!' said Midas. "'Everything I touch turns to gold!' "'He demonstrated by touching another rose. "'It instantly transformed.' "'Oh,' said the daughter. "'You aren't impressed, asked Midas.' Well, I'm sure it'll be handy for solving any budgetary problems you may have, said the daughter, but I've always preferred red roses. She leaned in and sniffed the gold rose. And roses that are made of, you know, rose petals smell nice. They smell of roses, which is literally an expression because people like the smell so much. This gold one smells of just nothing. But it's gold, exclaimed Midas. It's worth a fortune. I'm just giving you constructive feedback. There's no need to get snarky, said the daughter. She handed back the gold rose. But as he reached out to take it, Midas's finger brushed his daughter's hand. And instantly the hand turned to gold. Dad, what have you done? asked the daughter. Midas looked on in horror as the gold spread up her arm to her body and her head. And in seconds his daughter was a five foot six solid gold statue. At first, Midas did some mental calculations and worked out how much his daughter was now worth, millions, but then his mind went further and realised that he'd no longer be able to talk to his daughter or hug her, and she was going to find it very hard to get married and settle down and give him grandchildren now. And for the first time, Midas began to suspect that he may have made a terrible mistake. To cheer himself up, Midas ordered for a slice of cake to be brought to him. A nice slice of chocolate cake always made him feel better. But as he reached out to pick up the delicious baked treat, as soon as his fingers touched the crust, the slice turned to solid gold. He grabbed the rest of the cake, but every last crumb was now tasteless in edible gold. What did he do? asked Samantha. He rushed straight back to Dionysus. ''What do you want now?'' asked the god. ''Please, I beg you,'' asked Midas. He wasn't all puffed up any more. He'd been humbled by his terrible life decision. ''Please return my daughter to how she was.'' ''Fine,'' said Dionysus, instantly restoring the daughter. ''And,'' continued Midas, ''remove from me this cursed power of the golden touch.'' "'It's not as much fun as you imagined, is it?' said Dionysus. "'No,' agreed Midas. "'It was foolish of me to ask for such a thing. "'When what I should have asked for was the cake touch.' "'Huh?' said Dionysus. "'The power to turn everything I touch into chocolate cake,' declared Midas. "'Could I have that instead?' "'Um, I suppose so,' said Dionysus. "'And kapow!' So it was done. From that moment on, everything Midas touched turned into the most delicious, light, fluffy chocolate cake, garnished with chocolate icing and chocolate sprinkles. And he was very careful not to touch any people or beloved household pets. And his kingdom became the happiest in the whole world, as every citizen got as much chocolate cake as they could eat all day, every day. And so they all lived happily ever after. The end. I'm pretty sure that's not the version my teacher knows, said Derek. Yes, if only your teacher spent more time napping in Rose Garden, said Nanny Piggins. Perhaps they wouldn't pester you so much with pedantic details. Just then the oven timer pinged. It's ready, cried Nanny Piggins. Now we're going to have a history lesson. We're going to find out how lucky the people of ancient Turkey were to live in Midas's kingdom with a ruler who had the cake touch. The end. Thank you for listening to support this podcast. All you've got to do is buy a book or an audiobook by me, R.A. Spratt. There's lots to choose from. You can choose from the Friday Barnes Nanny Piggins, or Pesky Kids series. And now there's the book, Shockingly Good Stories, which is based on this podcast. You can order any of these things through your local bookstore or go to my website, raspratt.com, and click on the book depository banner. They've got all my titles and free international shipping. That's it for now. Until next time, goodbye.